Hello, I'm Erin Marcus, founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, and I want to welcome you to Ready Yet? If all you needed was a step-by-step plan of what to do, you could buy a book on how to succeed and you would be all set. But here's the rub. You'll never do what it takes until you become the person it takes to do it. The Ready Yet podcast is dedicated to those who are ready to become the person who succeeds, ready to become the person who steps into more, and ready to become the best version of themselves. In the I'm Ready interview series, join me for inspiring conversations with people who figured out who they needed to be in order to achieve their dreams and were brave enough to be that person. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of Ready Yet podcast. I am so excited for you guys to meet my guest today because it's this really weird, strange background that honestly has almost nothing to do with you because way back in my corporate days, I actually worked with the owner of the company that you work at to supply office furniture for us while we were remodeling our offices. And then I meet this Chris Johnson guy and someone's like, yeah, he works at Reiki office furniture. But this was so long ago. I don't even think you were there yet. But it turns out, it turns out selling office furniture is like the teeniest, tiniest bit of what you do. And I was absolutely intrigued because it's one thing for like entrepreneurs trying to get clients for some kind of coaching business will often be involved in a networking group. But you kind of don't fit the mold. You kind of don't fit the mold of this amazing person who created this, co-created this networking group that is really one of the best situations I've ever seen. And to find someone who, quote unquote, has a job who went and did that is a, a little bit out of the ordinary. So I was really excited to for folks to hear your take on that and why you do what you do and how you got there. But why don't we give you a chance to more formally and appropriately introduce yourself to everybody? Well, I, I really appreciate you uh, having me on, Aaron. I've seen your uh, work for, for many, many months. And there were people mentioning Aaron, like, I, I've never met this, this lady. And they keep, <laughs> your name came up in conversations. And that's kind of how things roll when you're kind of in the, you know, resource or relationship, or I hate the word networking, I really do. Um, but when you're on the circuit, certain names pop up and yours was one that they kept coming up. And then we met and I think we kind of hit it off, right? Didn't we meet at like Panera Bread and Wheaton or something? Well, I think the first time I talked to you, I did something that I don't normally do. I and I arranged to have a conversation with someone I didn't know while I was at the wildlife rescue. Because it's one thing for me to have those conversations with folks that already know me because they understand I'm doing something. It's not on completely out of the ordinary for me to be like all of a sudden chased by a goose or all of a sudden bit by a squirrel. (laughs) But I try to save those conversations for people who I've already interacted with. So they're not completely thinking I'm a lunatic. But I think (laughs) the very first time we talked, I might have actually been at the rescue. So the really? fact that you hung in there with me. <laughs> so we, we did, we talked on the phone first. Is that what you're saying? I think we talked on the phone first. It's been a while. It's been a while. Well, COVID, like I have no concept of time. So like something that I thought was. It's really a weird. Month was as, as, a, as a year. So, but yeah, very excited uh, to, to have a conversation with you. I think we've been awesome. talking about doing this for, 
for months. Um, so yeah, grew up, uh, let's start at the beginning. Grew up in uh, Bloomington, Indiana. And very prideful about where I, um, where I grew up. Nice. And uh, it's something that uh, I bring up quite a bit. I have a really uh, fantastic relationship with my father. Um, we talk about only basketball, only about once a day. And I think people <laughs> always, always laugh when I say that, but it's absolutely true. It's just part of the uh, fabric of uh, growing up in Indiana and yeah. um, just uh, love talking about where I came from. So when you, when you grew up in Bloomington, Indiana, you see somebody on the street, you do. <laughs> kind of like they, when motorcycles pass each other, they yeah. give themselves. A yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And then when, when they, when they see you, they wave back. I know it's kind of interesting for, Chicago um, sometimes, but you know, I grew up, I, I live in Elmhurst. So I think that's kind of the similar, we, we wanted to find a place where that I was like, all right, I want to be live and, and, and build a family or raise a family close to something that felt like home. So that was kind of like the criteria that we, my wife and I set out uh, to move to Elmhurst, but yeah, I got, got involved in the office world about a little over, a year and a half ago, and you're right to say we do office furniture is just the tip of the iceberg. Just so many uh, other things that we've uh, that we've gotten involved with, um, especially over COVID. You know, I think with uh, the culture that we've laid out, if you're not able to pivot in in this market right now, I think you're absolutely dead with whatever you do. So you know, in relationships that we've had that that I've had for 10 or 15 years um, can be ruined in about 10 seconds if you. Uh, don't use what I, you know, an empathetic selling or conversational selling, which is what we uh, firmly believe in and Ricky. So big, big on culture and we help create culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you said pivoting, which is a word that after maybe 2020, I'm hoping to never use again. Um, I, I, I'll age myself a little bit here, but every time I hear the word, all I think of is that friends episode where they're trying to move the couch and Ross is screaming, because <laughs> that's what it feels like, right? It feels like we're all pushing furniture up the flight of stairs, uh -huh. but at the same time, it's an opportunity and it, it, it's the people who stood still. And I understand we were all standing still for a minute there because we didn't know anything. So you couldn't react because you really respond because you didn't know. But once you had an inkling, you had to be able to respond to it. But I had, so I have to ask you, cause I kind of talked about this in the beginning. Technically you work for a business. How then, and you, you also, and I forget who all is involved, are a founding member of this networking group. So I have to right. ask this, a, a woman I'm friends with, she was on a few episodes episodes previously and we called her episode no mean girls allowed and she basically created a very very supportive women's networking group in response to feeling like crap every time she had walked in the room to the networking events that she was going to mm -hmm. so how did you decide because now you're in several cities yep and you've i mean knowing who's been there. And I talked to some people knowing what I know about the deals that are being done, not just business being referred, but deals being done. Yes. How, where did this come from? That's a great barometer. Um, you know, we're all in the relationship business. You know, I spent 14 years um, working at a, a health club called five seasons and there's, oh, okay. there were two here in Chicago and uh, we started a group called chat at eight. And, uh, 
that was something that we, we created maybe four or five years ago. And it was really an evolution of how do we get the best people in the room that really understand what our mission is and what our values are. And we really were, it was a bit frustrating at times because we were, we had some things that were maybe a little more transactional than what we wanted. So, you know, as you go through the process and you tweak it and, and get better, and then you look at some other groups like EO and you look at Provisors and you look at Vistage and you look at some ladies and women's groups that you just spoke about and kind of pick out the the folks that that you would admire and enjoy and the folks that really get it. You kind of craft something that fits what you want to do. So that's really what we what we accomplished. And uh, we, we, we our mantra is we want to create an altruistic group of people that get opportunities done, not just have a conversation with a C-level person, because, you know, that's great. I mean, we want to have great conversations and it really is, you know, a year later when you talk to somebody that was, and you, and you were just talking about your life, right? It's like rotary, like you don't do business in rotary or anything charitable. And then at the end of the day, they get to know you and what you're about, your value system and you do business. So that's kind of what we've created. You know, we've probably had, you know, without overshooting the number, I'd say six to 800 people that have been, in and out of our group that we started a little over a year ago. And I'm from Bloomington, Indiana, as I said at the outset. So we wanted to create something in Indianapolis, which we've done. And now we've looked at Cincinnati. We've looked, we're looking at Louisville, some other uh, cities that make sense. St. Louis is an area that we like because we're, we're really looking for, for nice people. And so I go to a group at Indianapolis and their mantra is no jerks. I love it. I so, love it. you know, that's kind of what we, create. So if it's about, if you're a taker, we get rid of you. It's just not something that, that, that fits our value system. It, it doesn't fit. And I think those people start to weed themselves out. The transactional people kind of weed themselves out because it doesn't happen the way that they know how to function. Right. But what I really like, and I'm going to be a little um, prejudiced here because I have the fancy C-suite background in a very male dominated industry. And when I left that and opened my own business, my previous business, what I had found was men only network transactionally. That women networked relationship wise, but men really had a very linear approach. If they could do business with you, they did. And if they didn't, they did it. But they really didn't understand a bigger referral, a bigger get to know you, think about opportunities for people. So it was very exciting for me to walk into, because I believe you really do have to have both. You need all sorts of energy to make and all sorts of approaches to really make things work. So to have a networking group that welcomes, very welcoming to all with the idea that we're here to get to know each other and see what happens from there. Absolutely. And a lot of people say it, Aaron. I mean, really, there's a lot of groups you go to and we've got certain slogans and and mantras, but we really sit down with folks, have a 60, 80, 100 minute conversation about what they've done. We ask them what deals they've created. And we've gotten a little bit more serious about, you know, who we invite. We were much less, a lot more lenient in the past. But as we grow, um, we get better at kind of recruiting and analyzing and prospecting the kind of folks that we think want to bring in. And on that note, I, I pay attention to like what a C-level, how they treat people that can do nothing for them. So how do you treat the waiter? How do you treat the locker room attendant? Like those are all things that I pay attention to. And if I see something I don't like, 
that we kind of, you know, use that as our criteria to whether we want to invite them into our group. Well, and I think this is a really big shift that's been going on for a few years now, generationally. You know, if you if you look at the old school way of prospecting, cold calling, it was pure numbers game. Makes me crazy when I'm watching young financial planners being taught to do that because it doesn't work. Not to mention that generationally they don't that it's not authentic to them. So to see an entity, I mean, and that's a really big learning point. It's like, how are you putting yourself out there? Are you putting yourself out there? You know, if, we're an, if you're an entrepreneur and you're putting yourself out there as in what will you do for me and how can I sell you something? I don't think you're going to make it these days. Mm -hmm. Agree. It, it really, it, there's a, just a lot of things that it really is about messaging. It, it comes down to, you know, how are you presenting yourself? And if you can... You know, when you meet somebody and it's really that other centered, value centered mentality, I think that allows you to have better conversations from the outset and really get to the relationship faster. So that, again, that all goes into the criteria that we set for the folks that we bring in. If they don't match that criteria, then we change the room fairly quickly. Well, and don't you find that it's more fun? I mean, which would you rather do all day? Go meet with people you enjoy being with and do amazing things with or sit by yourself with, you know, whatever the current version of a phone book is. Mm -hmm. yep. I mean, which would you rather spend your time doing? Well, obviously the, the, the first one, but <laughs> right? yeah, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a balance that you, that we all have in our businesses. I think there's a place for, for both, but you know, the relationship piece, once it, and you get a better quality lead, yeah. With that relationship piece, if it's somebody that you've dealt with for many, many years and, and yet with our business, you know, you're they're going to go out and get four or five bids. Um, right. If I if I've been known to be the gentleman that has helped them create opportunities for themselves, that obviously is going to elevate, you know, where we stand as far as the whole process and how they, you know, maybe give us a little bit of an advantage as far as the bidding, because we're not really based on price. This is about value and this is about. Over, you know, how we're going to, um, uh, how receptive to the client we're going to be. And, you know, those are all things that play into a, a good relationship. Well, in any time you're competing on price, you're turning your, what is it? it's, you're, it's a race to the bottom, right? You've become That's a commodity. Amazing. It's a race to the bottom. It's no yep. good for you. It's no good for the industry you represent. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, and, and we have, you know, for our stuff, we have a lifetime warranty. So we definitely stand behind it. And, and then, you know, again, be, crazily receptive to issues that happen in a, in a transaction. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I know I really enjoy having conversations about who you need to be in order to reach new heights. As founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, I work with my clients at the intersection where what they need to do to succeed meets who they need to be to do it. If you would like to have a conversation about your business, please reach out to me at Aaron at conqueryourbusiness.com. So if you were, tell me, I'm going to switch gears on. Because one of the things I like to give people is this is great for people to come on and talk about what they've accomplished and talk about what they're doing. And hopefully it motivates people and inspires people. But at the same time, the truth of the matter is it doesn't happen overnight. We all screw things up big, big time along the way. So what were some of the obstacles? You know, I, you mentioned a little bit how you didn't quite, you used to be more lenient with the 
networking group, the relationship group and how you've changed that. But what would you say are some of the obstacles or if anything stands out that you've had to overcome to get to be where you are now? I think uh, for me, learning how to receive has been something that has uh, taken me a long time. And I'm, I'm my first reaction or interaction or uh, is to always see how I can help. And, and I, I don't think you ever get rid of that mentality. I think it's something that I grew up that way. I mean, like to watch the people that I'm around and I only associate myself with the best people to watch how they, how they operate. And I've had some really phenomenal mentors. I've had, I've got a great sister. I got a wonderful wife. I got great parents. So I, I think, it, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's interaction of, of, of who you're around, but it's been a long process for me to say, Hey, how can we not, I don't know about win, win, because I think you got to give 10 times as much as you're ever going to get in life. But at some point, You've got to you got to associate only with the best people that are going to boomerang it back to you to something because we all we all have to we all have to make money. We all have to to be, you know, have that monetary success somewhere along the line. So we're always, again, looking for the best people that are. And I say, are you when we do our, our of how we're vetting people, it's like, all right, do you create deals? I mean, that, that's a question that I've gotten pretty good at, at asking. And I say, give me an example of that and tell me how you create deals and then. And then, all right, so then if you create that deal or you get a deal, how do you help them? Like, how do you, what, what's your boomerang back to them? And if they can't answer it, then to me, that's a red flag. Because then we got a, we got a, a giver masquerading it uh, right. a, as a giver, a taker masquerading as a giver. And that happens a lot. We all say the right things, but then. Right. It's like an interview. You know what you're supposed to say. Yeah, but show me. Show me. And that's where those open-ended questions, you know, you kind of glossed over something. You went back to it a little bit, but I think it's a really, really important point. Who are you surrounding yourself with? You know, there, you know, Darren Hardy is not the first person to talk about it. They're always, I've heard it half a dozen different ways. You're basically the average of the five people you spend the most time with. But I just, there's something in so many people's psyche about wanting to save somebody who doesn't want to save themselves wanting you know that we all try to to repair something and instead elevate the entire group mm -hmm. and who are you surrounding yourself with i always said i when i join a program when i join any kind of coaching program when i join any kind of group i like to be in the middle i don't want to be the smartest person i don't want to be the most successful person because then I have no one to inspire me, but at the same time, I do want to inspire the people who I can. And I like to be right in the middle. So there's room to grow and people to help. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm the smartest person in the room, we're all in trouble. Right? I've never had that problem. So <laughs> Nice. Nice. But I, yeah, I absolutely love that whole idea of give before you receive. And I try to teach people it doesn't, it's not necessarily linear. I don't give to Chris so that I can get from Chris. I might give to Chris and then get something over here. Totally. But you got to see it, right? It, it really, you have to, it has to be reinforced somewhere along the way. You kind of, you kind of lose a little bit of faith, that, you know, if that doesn't happen. So again, it's all about who you're around. Are you elevate? Are you the person in the room that, that like, you, I love that you're in the middle 
You're not the top. And then your actions really speak louder than words because really people, no matter where you go, you walk in the grocery store, you you have a business meeting, you're speaking, whatever it is you're doing in life. Every, there are people watching you and how you handle. How do you handle adversity? Like those are all things that 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 I pay attention to. And I had a mentor that said, hey, I want you to learn how to row with somebody to see what, how they handle their wife, how they how they talk to their wife, how they talk to their children. How do they handle it when something happens on a negative side? He's an investor. And he says, I will not invest in anyone until I've done that for a year, which, um, you know, I'm the type of person that kind of leave my, I'm from Indiana. We leave our door open. I trust that everything is going to work out, but he taught me, Hey, Chris, you got to row people for a year before you make any business or financial decisions to invest in that person or your time or money in them. So that has been a real, um, game changer for me. That's so true. You're probably, now that I think about it, I, you might be the only other person I've ever heard verbalize that because I tell people all the time, my ex-husband, the reason I knew it would be good to marry him was we got a flat tire on 294 in the middle of summer, in the middle of summer, in the middle of the busy highway, we got this flat tire it was horrible, right? So I'm standing on the side of the road. He's sweaty mess, changing tire, put the old tire in the trunk. We get back in the car and he looked at me, goes, well, that sucked. And then we went on our way. He didn't throw a fit. He didn't, you know what I mean? It's exactly what you're talking about. Yep. It's how does somebody handle adversity? I think that is one of the best pieces of advice we could give people. And different than what a lot of other people say is keep an eye out for how somebody handles things when it doesn't go their way. And I hope I see it quickly because then I can, you know, (laughs) make that decision instead of like, you think you have an idea of what that person is and then something happens and then you were completely wrong. And maybe you invested a lot of time in that person. You want to see, you know, how do you, and not everything's about money because really money and influence there and have nothing to do with one another. They're two separate pieces. So I want to see how they, how they handle the money piece and we'll see how they handle the relationship piece. There's a lot of factors in how uh, you, you interact with people. I love it. And, and I just figured out something else because I was wondering why you and I were just so easily connected right away. And what you're talking about, the way that I describe it is working at the intersection where what you need to do to succeed meets who you have to be. It's Absolutely. not all fluffy rainbows and unicorns. You have to take action. But it's also not just about get it done to the detriment of everybody around you. Absolutely. I think you can do both. I think you can be successful and mentor, help, lift people up. Like th- those are all things that I pay attention to. Um, you know, I, you know, the person that's got a lot of money, there's a lot goes with that. If you've, you know, you, you've got a lot to, to give and uh, a lot more time. If you've made it to the top, then, then what? Right. Um, so, you know, again, retirement's just a, a temporary thing to me. It's like, I don't, I don't even, I think when that time comes for me, it'll be like, where well, I can invest in somebody else or, you know, try to try to help as many people grow as I can. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of things to look forward to whatever stage of life that you're in. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I can't think of how to end it better than that. Awesome. So help me out. We'll put it in the show notes, but if someone wants to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Well, obviously LinkedIn is uh, to me the best relationship piece that you can, uh, that you can have. So you think you'll post my LinkedIn yeah. uh, profile. That'd be great. Or uh, C Johnson at Riki.com R I E K E or hit me up on Facebook messenger. And uh, 
let's start the conversation. There really is no bad conversation. And anyone that's got the right attitude certainly ha- uh, love to have a conversation of any kind. We talk about Indiana basketball. If, they want. <laughs> if nothing else, right? <laughs> that's right. Awesome. Again, thank you so thank you. much for joining me. It's always great to get to know a little bit more about you. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Thank you so much for joining me on the Ready Yet podcast. I get so motivated by the amazing accomplishments of the remarkable people I meet, and I'm excited to be able to share some of their stories with you. You can find more episodes of Ready Yet at your favorite source for podcasts or at conqueryourbusiness.com. And if you've already decided that you are ready to become the person you need to be to achieve your big goals, feel free to reach out to find out how I can support you in your efforts. Or check out the Work With Aaron page on the Conquer Your Business website. I also invite you to share this podcast with anyone you know who loves to learn and be inspired. And if you're so inclined, I'd be absolutely grateful for any reviews you'd like to share as well. Thanks again for joining me. This has been Aaron Marcus, hopefully inspiring and helping you to go conquer your big dreams.